The views and opinions expressed by the Love Party Podcast panel participants and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Good Times of Good People Company, the host, or its sponsors. It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times of Good People Company proudly presents the Love Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Now that you've received your invitation, the best way to let us know that you're in attendance is to download the party or become official by joining us on Facebook, subscribing on YouTube, iTunes Podcasts, or Google Play Podcasts. Good. Thanks for joining us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke, share us with your friends, and make yourself at home. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. You ready? Hey, out there in podcast land, it's your boy Rio, and uh, I am here, and uh, let's introduce today's panel. First, our returning champion, Chris O'Connor. He is, uh, of course, the owner of Liquor 9 Entertainment and Investments, as well as having interest in uh, Rieger Whiskey and Office Works. Uh, the anonymous female, because she doesn't want you to know her name. And after a long, and I do mean long, hiatus... Uh, my brother, and, my, and by my brother, I do mean uh, another black guy, uh, uh, Camden Fells, uh, and he is a wealth manager, uh, and he is going to be joining us today as we are doing Loft Party episode 56, 45's Worst 100 Days. But before we get too deep, let's play a quick party game. So... I will start with, I think I start, started with Chris last time, so I will start with the anonymous female, which she hates. But I'm going to start because I'm going in the correct order. Oh. Uh, and um, uh, would you rather have a personal chef or personal masseuse? Personal masseuse. I like to cook. <laughs> it, is, it is true. It is true. That is hands down, it no is, contest it, for me. It is true. If you do Every you, day, you every cook. day. I can deal with that. Personal chef. Personal chef. Yeah, I just think that's just, that just screams luxury. I like luxury. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I would pick. I'm definitely a chef. I've only always in my life wanted a driver and a chef. I just thought it'd be so fun. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a chef. Yeah. I mean, if I had to choose one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was, that's actually a hard one for me. Yeah. Uh, Because, uh, it, not that, uh, not that I can't sustain life by putting some food together, but I'm not a cook. Uh, but um, some being somebody that goes and gets reasonably regular uh, massages, uh, having a, a personal masseuse, uh, that this that whole idea is super dope. Uh, and because uh, I could always go out to eat if I needed to, but that personal suits, man, that, that's the thing that's hard to get rid of, <laughs> at least for me. Uh, you, you were going to say? Uh, no? That's no? it. Okay. You sure? Yeah. Okay. All right. And I'll go the other way around uh, with the uh, insanely vain question. Do you consider yourself hot? Oh, Definitely. 
<laughs> I was just going to say, anybody that answers that is really conceited. <laughs> I would say, but that is not true. I don't think Chris. I would is say it takes. Well, no, but I think I'm going to look at it. It takes a lot of work to stay that way. I put a lot of time and effort into trying to look my best. So yeah, of course. <laughs> That's a big question. I don't know, <laughs> Mr. Fells. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that I consider myself hot, but I would consider myself uh, to be desirable uh, in, 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 as it relates to dating. I'm taking right now. If you're listening time. out there, if you're listening out there, he's taking. And if you're listening out there, he stepped up. He did the right thing right away. There was no prompting. You know who I'm talking to. Right. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Like, my mother, she gave me all these lessons, you know, that my mother was kind of like my dad, too. And she says, Camden, it's okay, you know, while you're young to date and all that, and that's all great. But she says, she says, the whole purpose of dating is to gather information. And then as you get into your 30s, you should have been able to gather enough information to be able to be chosen. You should be a commodity. You should be something that's desirable. And so if you're doing too much chasing, you might you might have to reevaluate. As a man, as far as I'm concerned, you might have to reevaluate you know, your approach. I'm not reevaluating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just hot, Chris. We're not talking about that. Say what you, but, say what you, but you have... I'm talking to the masses. You, have, you have one up on the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, you're hot. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And very desirable, I might add. Very successful man. You know. Successful man. Yeah. All of the above. So. Uh, Lena, I was female. Uh, I don't consider myself hot, but I don't think I'm ugly. I think I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. Oh, what a yeah. classic understatement. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's putting on the full extra modest. <laughs> As she's blushing in the whole nine yards. All right, all right, go on. <laughs> um, I have said on many occasions, I do not think um, I am the uh, the finest dude in the world. Uh, I do think I'm probably the coolest dude you know in about six states, though. <laughs> and, and, but, I, I, you know, I kind of look at it the way, I guess the way you do, Cam, and in, in that I've try to gather enough information to make myself into a, a desirable person. So, um, I guess more than hot, quote unquote, I guess uh, desirable is, would be a better word. and uh, Or at least, I hope so, anyway. So, um, with, with the games played, the ice broken, let's get into our RIPs for this week. Um, so first, uh, director Jonathan Demme, um, I, I saw that he, uh, passed away at, uh, age of 73, and you were saying, uh, earlier what movies you remember him? Sons of the Lambs was the big one. Yeah. That one was amazing. Uh, but, and there's a very long list that you could go through between him and his brother, too, so. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I forget yeah. he has a famous brother who's a director as well, so. Another one of those kind of incredible families who just were very artistic and both mm. achieved massive success. success and, yeah. uh, it was, that's that's early to go. So everything's early to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is his brother's name again? Ted. Ted Demi. That's right. That's right. That's right. 
And the other, the other that I noticed, um, he actually he didn't pass. Oh, I'm surprised you don't know. Philadelphia, the Manchurian candidate. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, some of my more favorite movies, yeah. Shots Fired. Wait, the TV show Shots Fired? Yeah. Wow. He directed at least one episode. Okay. I don't really know. I'm not a big uh, movie buff, but the fact that we're sitting here talking about this gentleman lets me know that he's had quite a legacy, and I really admire people. That have you know kind of put their selves in a position to be able to be remembered, you know? yeah. Because yeah. I mean, a lot of folks just kind of leave and nobody ever really knows about them, so yeah, 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 never knew you were here. Yeah. It's interesting too because he does like he did um, Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids um, tour video, mm. yes, that they did on, yeah, Netflix. on, on Netflix, he mm. did that too, okay, and some other. Um, Are those all directing credits, or some of them, uh-huh. some of them were producing credits? No, too, those right? were all directing. And then you should have a lot of producing yeah, credits. Yeah, it's too, separate. Like I'm looking it up on IMDb, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they've got the producing credits. He's he's got several. I mean, it's ridiculous the stuff mm-hmm. that he's gotten behind and back. And yeah, it says he's got 61 director credits and 44 producer credits and 11 writer credits. <clears throat> he's had quite had quite a career. Mm-hmm. I, the one thing that I did uh, want to mention that we didn't um, we did mention before, and um, and and to tell you the truth, I just completely missed it. Um, uh, Cuba Gooding Senior uh, passed away at seventy two. I think he passed away on the twentieth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, the reason that hey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen out there in podcast oh. land, we did not think he was coming, but we have just been joined by Big Dave Elliott, and of course he is the owner of CMP Construction. Uh, and uh, before uh, we uh, get too far, uh, did did you get your mom picked up from the airport? No. Okay. Mom is an hour late. Oh, okay. So I have 15 to 20 minutes to get my point across. <laughs> oh, so I, I am here literally to terrorize, okay. do damage, okay. and then leave. Really. These okay. are things I'm very good at. Okay. All right. Uh, so luckily, you've, we've already gotten past the uh, party game questions, and we're on the end of our RIPs, so uh, you'll be able to jump in uh, much sooner than later. That's uh, a good thing. So uh, Cuba Gooden Sr., um, like I said, passed away at 72 and uh, for anybody out there who did not know that uh, Cuba Gooding's father was famous, um, he is the guy who was the lead singer on the hit song, uh, Everybody Plays Sing a it. Fool. Everybody plays a fool sometimes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's old school. Yeah. I have that on my eye. <laughs> you know what? I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> in my case, everybody plays a fool most of the time, but it yeah, hey, hey, makes for life a lot more fun. Hey, that is definitely the truth. Tr- might become my ringtone. That is I definitely like the truth. <laughs> and so, uh, so in tune. With all that being said, um, are you sure you don't want to answer the party game questions before we get started? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he is perusing the party game questions, ladies and gentlemen. Um, would you rather have a personal chef or a personal masseuse? Yes. You know, I'm kind of a foodie. Okay. All right. Personal. And, and, personal and, chef. And I'm, and I'm getting old enough where the masseuse ain't going to do no good anymore. <laughs> <laughs> On any way you want to play it, you know, rather. Whether you, whether you get a happy ending or not, ain't gonna, ain't gonna quite yeah, do it. I wouldn't want to eat that. <laughs> and would you consider yourself hot? Yes. Well, one thing I can say about that. I pick, You know what? This question was picked purely for Dave because I wanted to hear what you were going to say. I, I, I have one thing that a lot of other men don't have at my age. Okay. Hair. This is true. This is true. I have good looking hair. And I will say this much. I go in bars, and I get talking to the ladies, and the ladies start messing with my hair. So is that a sign that you're hot? Well, I will say this out there, ladies and gentlemen, because you can't see him. are they looking for lice? He does He does have a very thick full head of very nice salt and pepper hair. Silver hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is definitely a silver hair fox, as I would say. <laughs> so, uh, with all that said, here we go. Hey, you can search for the Loft Party Podcast on iTunes Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and on our Good Times with Good People YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Tweet us on Twitter, and if you'd like the content we provide, donate to us on Patreon. www.patreon.com forward slash Loft Party Podcast. You can find all of our links below. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. Forty-fives worst one hundred days. First, we're going to talk about the uh, campaign promises, aka. Fake news. So, uh, I was looking at... Do-do-do. What did I do with them? Because... I left the shell downstairs during Oh, okay. All right. I actually printed a bunch of stuff out because there was so much to uh, sift through. Uh, There was so much to sift through with... The first 100 days. And while you're sorting through, let me interject something. Please. Yeah, here we go. Well, you're calling it the worst 100. I say. Well, that's just, that's just the name of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I'd say for 100 days, the man's been very active. Uh, I think he's found out that he's <laughs> been active a little harder right. than he thought he was, and it's a little bit more difficult to work with people, but he has. Done a lot of good things. It's interesting who he's met with, the world leaders in particular. It's just not the agenda that he's trying to set up for the country. It's also how, what what he's trying to do to position us in the world. Now, you know, I'm not going to I'm not mean to pick on Obama, but Trump met with Al Sisi, and I got a little bit of knowledge of Egypt. Trump met with Muslim Brotherhood. When I was in Egypt. Anwar Sadat got assassinated right after it by the Muslim Brotherhood. Yeah. So, you know, he's trying to align himself with people so that he's got a coalition of people out there that he can work with. 
And I think they're doing a fairly good job at it. I think Rex Tillerson is an excellent Secretary of State so far. I think he's done, he speaks well. They've learned to work from a position of strength without overdoing that position of strength. And of course, Trump is a fireballer, so he's always going to throw the fireball out there and then rescind it, which is what he did with NAFTA. That's what I tweeted. And or tweeted, <laughs> whatever, but it's still the fireball. I mean, a lot of people are like Trump, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to categorize him as a Republican. Trump is not. Trump is this hybrid dude. He's really not any party, and that's why the Republicans don't always like him, the Democrats don't always like him. He's, he's, he's a totally different animal we've never seen before, as far as president goes. And I think they need to give him a little bit more time to see what he can do. Because he's got a lot of things. 89%, and this is a fact, 89% of the media gives him a tough time compared to 11% that gives him favorable reviews. That's a pretty tough go. I mean, everybody in the world's against Trump. The media's against Trump. Everybody's against Trump. And Trump still sits out there and trucks along every day and tries to say, that's a that? fact, I read that. You don't think he plays a role in that? Mm. I mean, is he doing Absolutely. anything on earth to ingratiate himself with the media? He calls them all liars. He talks yeah. about what, how shitty their ratings are. But they he, love him to death. The media? Oh, yeah, they love him to death because he gives them something to do every day. Does. I think Rupert Murdoch likes him a lot because oh, he's yeah. helped Fox's ratings after Bill O'Reilly just got the boot for sexual harassment again. Well, I think so, CNN, uh, MSNBC, I've been watching all that. They, they all, they all dig it, man. They got somebody to punk on every single damn day. Because somebody in his administration has said something, or he said something. Somebody's always said something they can go find a punk on. Listen, talking about him in terms of entertainment for ratings is not the same thing as being a good president. I didn't say that. Making good decisions. I, I understand what you said. So, while well, I would agree with you that overall cable nightly news ratings are up, they couldn't help it because they were minuscule earlier. The highest rated show drew 4 million people a night, so big deal. And that dude just got the boot. So, we'll see what happens, but... Uh, in terms of the way he treats them, it's ridiculous. His, his press briefings are just nonsense. I love the one where Sean Spicer got the note right in the middle of the press conference and had to retract everything he just said. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Stunningly disorganized. And that's what makes it fun. You're just watching the circus, and people love to, love to Bill, see the circus. Was I mean. Bill Clinton organized his first 100 days? I'd Hell say yeah. No. He was, he was, it was, was kind of gay. I thought he actually did pretty well because he was working with the Democratic... Uh, Congress and Senate did well. Trump should be far more organized at this point than he is. Uh, uh, Bobby would disagree. I think that's his downfall. It, it's ridiculous. But I think he has elected a good cabinet. I'll give him credit for who I do like is Nikki Haley. I think she's done a tremendous job with the UN. Um, and so it's not even bad. But when you say he's met with these world leaders, He's made a mockery of himself with a lot of these world leaders. They hate his guts. I want to call it coalition building. I'd say pissing off almost all of our best friends. You know, I think he's done a horrible job. And I think people... Yeah, like what was the deal with uh, him not wanting to shake the hand with the German chancellor? And yeah. It, it I'm just, like, and Germany has been one of our stronger allies. Yeah, yeah, they've had to be. I mean, like, yeah. my God, their economy's booming and they control basically Europe at this point. Uh, not not say that Britain doesn't have a major role, but clearly Germany is the economic engine of, of Europe right now. I think that it was a really bad... Yeah. I mean, he's on television, live television, 
She even leans over and says, want to shake hands? And he totally ignores her. Right. I agree. I'm like, that's a slap in the face. Especially when you have a reputation for being a complete sexist asshole. Exactly. My God. I mean, come on. I'm glad that a guy said that. (laughs) Since we're on the uh, subject of economy, I don't, uh, on purpose, I don't pay a lot of attention to, uh, to politics because I try to go off the numbers in my line of work. But um, Trump has been good for markets. I mean, markets are at all-time highs. Uh, people are feeling more optimistic. We've seen a lot of money flood in. We're spending the money. Yeah, behind his campaign. Uh, and this, and this is in no way is a is a recommendation for investments or anything like that. Got to put that out there. Uh, but if you look at the momentum of money going into the markets, I could easily see this market going to twenty-two thousand on the Dow, twenty-three thousand on the Dow. Um, if you look at the numbers, though, it shows that markets are overbought. Yeah. So people are 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 are, are just enthusiastically putting money in because they think it's going which high. To, which always leads to a downfall. There's right. A so 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 I would which say, is, I, which is what I was about to say. So so what I would say is it's the same thing I'd say when President Obama was in. I mean, how much can you change the direction of an economy in four years or eight years? At some point. The chickens have to come back home to roost. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. spent a lot of money. We printed a lot of money. Nations around the world have printed a lot of money. You know, do we revert back to the mean in the near term, or do we continue to go higher and then it's you know kind of even worse as it goes down? We're up about 215 percent on the stock market since March 9, 2009, which is the the you know where things kind of bounce back, and we haven't had any hesitation. So um, anybody, well, say, say that again because yeah. I think a lot of people. Uh, I should say, don't, yeah. no, don't don't really realize that from that point in 09, we've had a steady increase mm-hmm. monthly. With no digestion. All, yeah, all through the Obama years. Yeah. So this is not like suddenly Trump got in office and bam. Right. It was, he got in office and I think, honestly, I believe, he got in office and people with a lot of money were like, shit, yeah. yeah. And, and, they're, yeah, and they're flooding. Institutional investors. And, and sure, and he's made a lot of policies that are supportive of the markets. Like he just cut, he's talking about, I don't know if it's actually through, but cutting yeah. corp- corporate ta- ta- taxes uh, down to 15%, which would be huge for earnings. Not even companies. just corporate taxes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was but, for all businesses. Sure. And, I, have, I have some rather wealthy clients in town. And I've, I've talked to them about some of this stuff. Is that, yeah, you know, we kind of sat on our money during the Obama years. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they, but that, I, on the other hand, they didn't blame it on all Obama because it came out of Bush's years right. and Obama right. had to try to get everything moving again. So let me throw that out there real quick. It's not that they're blaming Obama, but they also didn't fully trust him either. So it was a little bit of a combination deal that I don't know if this guy's going to pull this out. I don't know exactly what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. And, they, and, they, yeah. and they do feel like they do feel like they can turn their money loose a little bit now. And they're investing more. They're doing more. All the small business people that I do business with are, are more optimistic that we're likely to have a better go at it for a while. Like we're able to make money. Our labor shortages are showing up and saying that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's an interesting dynamic in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Labor shortage is such a weird weird uh, metric. 
because really what you're measuring is people who are looking for jobs who are not getting them. You're not counting people who have left the workforce entirely. Like the one who worked for me for two hours this morning? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm telling you, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of those quit. people around who don't get counted in the mix. And so you don't really have a true uh, gauge of unemployment. Mm -hmm. I mean, Obama used it to his favor as well. But I think you largely had a fairly, especially at the start, a fairly jobless recovery for a long time. Then jobs started picking up once people started feeling more stable. And now I fear that we're getting so overinflated, you're going to start seeing a, a necessary correction, which is going to happen. And then it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah. to jobs. One, one big study that came out uh, in 2000, at the beginning of the year, is a lot of those, the big Wall Street firms came out and said, you know, going forward over the next 10 to 15 years, because of all the spending and, and, and the printing of money that we've had, that, you know, going forward, they're calling for about a 6% rate of return on the S&P 500. If you look at a 60-40 portfolio, and the argument for that is is that we've stolen future returns cleaning up the 2008 crisis. And so if you, if you, if you factor in that most investment managers are going to charge you around 1.5% uh, for their fee to manage your money, that leaves an investor at about 5.5%. So if you look at the demographics and how many people we've got retiring and people that are kind of needing to count on that money can't go through another 2008 event, you know, this may be a time to start carving away a little bit, even though things look great and, you know, kind of fro frothy here. So, so uh, before we say anything else, let me <clears throat> let me let everybody out there in podcast land know we have just been joined uh, by uh, a, a friend of the podcast, Lane Bowling. What's up? Uh, so, we were talking about the first 100 days... Oh. Uh, and I heard Cam preaching the language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, say, yeah. So we were at, at this point talking about just Finally, we're talking about just money. from a financial <laughs> standpoint. We were talking uh, about taxes. Yeah, what has happened? What is what, what has happened, or what what is has the possibility of happening uh, with uh, with the Trump presidency? Um, and you having some unique perspective. You know, have anything you want to add? Uh, to, uh, to to this part of the show. <laughs> yeah, I, I just came in on the backside of, of what Cam was saying. What was uh, what was the gist of that? Well, he was just basically saying that the markets have been up. Yeah, money's let loose. Oh, yeah. the smart money's already left the market. I, yeah, I, we've had this conversation before. I yeah, we do a thousand percent. Yeah. Oh, the smart money's in cash right now. If, if you look at the multiples, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because yeah. they're preparing for the crash. Right. It's over Right. There, there's only uh, there's only one asset class there, podcast land, that actually uh, improves with inflation. And we had Cam talking about the massive printing of money that leads to inflation. Yes. So if you need stock market like returns that aren't isn't going to get decimated by inflation, your only safe haven right now is real estate. I, I will say this about my friends, my clients that I've been talking to, you know, wealthy. They're operating on. They're operating on cash. Yeah, yeah. They are definitely operating on cash. They've had enough cash stored back during during the recession. They just sat on it. Yeah. They had an investor who made some money, but they aren't. They aren't playing the market that much. They're investing in real estate. And this is all where they're, every single one of them are heading. Yeah. Well, you know, some of them are building warehouses. You know, yeah. some are, they're, they're doing yeah. a lot of different I'm, things. I'm, I'm net short the market right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's probably the opposite. Yeah. Whoops. Place to be. So that's kind of interesting that you say that yeah. because that's something I know they have. So, 
keep trying to give them, give me more of their cash, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> if you could go back to 2001 and just remember how overvalued things are. We're higher on the Dow today than we were when we were then. I mean, yeah, much absolutely. higher. Much higher. Absolutely higher. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy. More so, so, I I guess, uh, so I guess, the, yeah, okay, go ahead. Yeah. I think I know where this is going. Uh, you know, Mr. Trump unveiling his tax plan and how that's allegedly going to give the next leg to the uh, the recovery from the 08 recession. That is not going to get it done. What's going to get it done? Or, you know, the, the, the tax issue, all, all that's going to... Let's just set that aside for a minute. With, with, with taxation, all that's doing is, 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 is carving up the same pie. Right. Yes. Right. What, what, what grows the pie is is playing with uh, with consumer demand mm -hmm. and with uh, the the interest rate, you know, credit. Right? right. Well, we've had record low interest rates, but that money is not getting into the hands of the people that are actually that actually build the economy, aka the consumers and the small business owners. Right. Right. Because of the onerous restrictions placed on us by the Dodd Frank Act. So what what I'm getting at is if if, if you know rather. This is a very well, there's been talk of, of redoing the dog Frank Act too, correct? I know, but in terms of priority, it should be it should be fix the credit markets, right? Then let's look at at, at, tax, at tax reform. But even then, let, let's fix the credit markets. Let's spend some money on infrastructure, and then let's look at tax reform. If you really want to engender. You know, you said something interesting right there. Yeah, real quick. You said something interesting there. I do not understand why they haven't tackled infrastructure yet because I think that's the first real bipartisan thing that he can go get. I think he can go grab Chuck Schumer. I think he can grab. Uh, okay. Well, okay. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. I think that's a win for you. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you this question. When when. Financial highways. or highways. Yeah. 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 they've been doing that. Oh, yeah. Highways yeah. and bridges. Infrastructure yeah. needs done. Yeah. Yeah. They've been doing that. We're still there. so much. Better. There is, but yeah. it's not like they haven't been doing it. Well, well I guess. I guess my question is when 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 President Obama was trying to go after money for infrastructure, right? And he received the obstruction that he received mm -hmm. um, so it's not going to cost less right. to do infrastructure now than it would, would have eight years ago it will cost more actually it costs more so, yeah. exactly so <laughs> Guys, uh, so the and the reasons yeah. that the Republicans at the time gave for not wanting to put more money into it was because it was going to raise the deficit mm. so uh, isn't that still true <laughs> Won't it still raise it? Now I agree. Yeah. We do need to put money in the infrastructure. I do sure. think that those uh, putting that money in the infrastructure will put people to work. That will put money back into the economy. I sure. definitely agree with that. But wasn't that true eight years ago? But and then all the Democrats going to turn around and be obstructionists again, just to say, well, the, well you did it, so we're going the, to do it. Is the, that guys? The, they is don't that, do that, that. They don't do that on everything. Well, I'm just saying, is that where we're at? I, mean, I, well, I, I hope I, not. I, I don't think you know, so. Because that, that doesn't take care of we the people, and that's the main uh, problem. We the people uh, are getting pissed. I'll admit the whole infrastructure thing is kind of a red herring, and that's kind of like pushing a 
pushing a string, kind of like tax reform. Yeah. It's, it, all by itself, so I can get the job done. What, uh, you know, circling back, I'm about to commit an act of heresy as, as a capitalist by oh saying <laughs> the fastest way we can engender growth is twofold. One, make it easier for businesses and consumers to borrow money. Two, rate temp, you know, rate, bump the minimum wage. Bump the minimum wage, clamp down on undocumented labor, watch the money all of a sudden flow out of the, out of the investment banks where it, it, it is right now right. In, and start swirling around the economy. Yes, it's going to create rampant inflation, but guess what? Inflation is another word for growth. Right. In, in, in a no Markets love inflation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would just throw out one more third line yeah. of this, which, <laughs> which is why I believe the, the tax cut was thrown out first yeah. to lower corporate tax rates. We have to repatriate money yes. uh, back into this yes. country from yes. uh, these bullshit Ireland, you know, yeah. shell companies and all this where they hide all their money and all that. That's got to come back to the city. But at what small we, business level, what are, are, are you? Are sports? you mad at I at your at your iPhone right now? <laughs> no, what is it? I, I support Apple a thousand percent for paying eight percent tax in in Ireland. Congratulations! You're <laughs> smart. My God! So let's let's. Again, we have the highest corporate tax rate in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we lowered it and gave people an incentive to bring that money back. Uh, and I think it also has to come with a penalty if you do not. Well, to be perfectly I, honest. I think it's Thank unfortunate you. that because Trump was first a businessman, everything goes back to what he's going to gain personally yep. by doing anything. <laughs> right or wrong, yeah, yeah. I don't agree with how much he's going to save, but at the same time, we can't penalize the rest of the country right. because he's going to get something out of it too. But you're cool There's with nothing Obama you can do about it. Four hundred grand to go give a speech to Wall Street where he's every freaking president does that. Wait I don't even want to talk about that. Well, no, no, you do no, need to talk about that there because is it is hypocrisy. I don't think there is a difference in it. There's a slight difference. That would be like me just going to whoever, whatever group I hated the most, and slam for forever. Although, you know, we you say publicly and privately are very different yeah, things, most you, likely. Generally. But I think making, making money off of a speech is completely different from years and we're years and years of tax breaks. All I'm saying is that when the dude gets 60 million plus for his book advance and he's getting 400000 an hour to go talk to Wall Street people who he's pretending to hate for you know what? And this isn't an anti-Obama No, but again, right or wrong, he's making money on his own. He's not writing tax reform that's going to benefit him. That was one of the policies he put in place. It was, hey, if you're making a shit ton of money, let's give it to something to everybody let, else. Let's just focus here. Rather than, than getting into a giant ideologue fight a la, you know, Tucker Carlson, Fox News, sure. boy, everybody just <laughs> each other. Yay. Right, right, right. right. Let, yeah, almost. Yeah. So, so let, let's stop talking about what should be and let's talk about, start talking about what is. Okay. All right. So, okay. so right now, tax reform is on the table. Okay, great. Uh, no mention of infrastructure. They're going to make make another run at, at healthcare. Right, healthcare. Yeah. What is a normal person to do to make sure that they don't get killed in the next market correction? I mean, like, well, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that, and I think I think that uh, I think I think people are naturally uh, if you're if you're an everyday person, yeah. you're naturally risk averse. Yeah. You know, you're you're naturally uh, concerned about that, and. I would I would have a tough uh, you know have a, a real good conversation with clients about 
how to transition from kind of that accumulation phase and that thinking about markets are going to go higher to that preservation and needing income. Sure. You know, because we've got we've got you know a whole lot of people over the age of sixty five. It's going to double in ten years. Yep. I mean, those are things that you need to be thinking about. I'd say that regardless of the political scheme, markets revert back to the to the mean. And yeah. the, the farther we go higher, the farther we're going to go. I think I, I, got, I think I got the best deal going of anybody, really. Because I went through the recession. Yeah. I come out totally broke. I don't have investments. I work on cash. All I do is make money now. So Pure independence. I, you can't hurt me. I've already been hurt. <laughs> you done tried to kill me once. You, you could have killed me. Sorry, bastards. But still here, you know, another big focus, and Lane, you might you might chime in here, is are the millennials. I mean, this is yeah. a perfect time for them to be getting into the job market. Yeah. I mean, think about you know, like how much money you could actually put into the markets with your four hundred one k match and things like that. Why well, can um, they put down Game Boy though? Oh yeah, that's all, all they're doing is paying off student loans yeah. right now and living with their butt. So yeah, really. What I think is interesting is is Trump got crushed on the wall. That's Right. He, he, he got his dick smashed on health care, right? And, and so now he's trotting out tax reform. It's like, uh, I, I, I was reading the first hundred days of his, and it said, um, I don't know that this is the reason that none of these are working, but um, he was saying he didn't, they didn't realize what a black hole, the, the, what do they call them now, the Tea Party? Yeah. They're, whatever they're called now, they've changed their name. First. Uh, the caucus for freedom. Yeah, freedom yeah. caucus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much of a black hole they are yeah. that they just they say that they want to help people, but all they do is all they do. Whoever says whatever they want to say, they're totally against it, no matter who it is. But you got to think about this a lot. The way the Republican Party is structured right now, there's massive conservatives, and then you had people who were elected from moderate states. And then there was a true fear, and Trump did nothing to quell this fear that, oh, my new health care plan is going to fuck your Medicare and do all these other things. And if you're in a moderate state, Republican or not, you're not going with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, imagine being a Republican from Florida, and he comes out and goes, well, we might fuck with your Medicare a lot. And it's so, like, mm-hmm. well, every, every successful president since Reagan has figured out how to triangulate both parties and, and rule from the middle. Yep. Trump has swung so far to the right. It's like, how does he get back to the center without like, capitulating like, on, on everything Every, he said? Yeah. Right? Like, how well, does he that's do a that? good question. I, I, I think he was kind of on Paul Ryan today, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. It depends. It didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't happen. These guys... These guys from the hardcore conservative states, <laughs> excuse me, in the modern state, there's no chance. One of us is going to lose, and so we'll just stay divided. Right, right, right. You know, I mean, it's just it's a bizarre thing. Yeah, we'll vote together on the easy stuff. You want to put up a Supreme Court justice? Great. Okay. So, I think the uh, I, I think the, the the real question. I, I think you you've asked the most important question is. Every president finds his way back to the middle because they come in, they've made uh, uh, a fair too massive, depending upon the candidate, right. amount of campaign promises that got them elected. Right. Uh, and then most of them realize 
none of this shit's gonna happen. Yeah. Or at least not most of it. Yeah. Not if not, not, I intend to actually govern. Not as I envisioned it. Well, and yeah. I think it was I think it was worse for Trump because he hadn't been in that situation before. Uh-huh. He never saw the political side of oh shit, this 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 is why it's so hard. Yeah, I mean, I think honestly, the it's easy. Is nothing like the oh yeah, yeah. No, nothing. He's the CEO. He yeah. can, it, when, when you can unilaterally make a decision as a CEO. Yeah. you just can't. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was looking at the uh, the amount of executive orders that he's uh, put forth as, and he's uh, to to he's done more executive orders in his first 100 days than anybody in modern history. Almost, but yeah. but the 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 thing that's kind of interesting to me is the executive order is really a suggestion <laughs> because if Congress won't fund it, the next president will it, 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 it's yeah. I mean, it, and it'll just sit dormant yeah, now right. because yeah. Congress won't fund it. Which is why Obama wrote a bunch, so he's been canceling them out. And the next yeah. guy will cancel his out exactly if he feels like so. It, so what seems like. Trump writing, doing a lot yeah. of new laws has really not been laws. They've all been executive orders. This is a lack of, his, of just constitutional understanding yeah. in this country in general. We always vote for a president based on, I'm going to do this and I'm going right. to do that. Blah, blah. Well, actually, the president has no authority to make a law, period, at all. Even if you go back to Schoolhouse Rock, well, I mean, which I was just about to say, I mean, Schoolhouse Rock tells you how a bill becomes a law. Uh, One of my favorite Schoolhouse Rocks. I am a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill, and I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Hey, out there in podcast land, we would not be doing our duty if we didn't acknowledge the sponsors of the Law Party Podcast, the Majestic Restaurant and Jazz Club, and the Majestic's Pendergast Club. The Majestic carries on Kansas City's tradition of great food and jazz. Let them show you why they are the classic Kansas City Steakhouse experience. 931 Broadway, just three blocks from the Kansas City Convention Center. Jay Rieger and Company, a Kansas City distillery. Whether whiskey, gin, or vodka, neat or on the rocks, Jay Rieger, Kansas City, sipping good since 1887. CP Construction, Kansas City's premier wood framers, 50 years of quality framing and craftsmanship. Just email david.cnpservice at gmail.com and start building something new today. And our friend and frequent guest, Lane Boland. Thank you all. For all that you do. Time to rejoin the conversation. Hey Trump, you gotta like draw a circle or like a little red circle around the Freedom Caucus and place them in the column as everybody that's following Bernie Sanders. In other words, there's there's no point in even talking to them because they're, 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 there's no consensus building there. And yeah, they yeah they 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 want to destroy what is currently called government. Right, right. And, oh, they're crazy. They're anarchists. And yeah, <laughs> yes. I don't think all of the them Freedom are. Caucus. Yeah, yeah. I'm I really not, don't I'm, think all of them are. I think that there is a legitimate concern amongst sure. a lot of Republican congressmen, right. in particular, congressmen right. in particular, because they're running every two years. Sure. Uh, and we had this in Kansas forever. Yeah. We we're a very red state, and yet we had Dennis Moore in there for what five terms? Right. You know, he was there forever. Now imagine he goes off his rocker and starts voting super leftist on everything. Right. That dude's not getting reelected to yeah. dog catcher. You know, it's not going to happen. 
I don't know, if I was Trump, I'd go to Schumer and be like, all right, here's the deal. I know Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to retire or kick the bucket in the next three years, so I'm going to let you pick her replacement in exchange for giving me this, tax, this, tax this. reform. And yeah. it's still a deal. <laughs> I mean, it's still a deal. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of ways. Call Mr. Dealmaker. Deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, right now, you can't rule by fiat. He hasn't shown a lot of, <laughs> a lot of do, do, to make do it. Do you guys feel, do you guys feel like Trump has any chance of being successful by Fuck no. no. Not the way it's going right now. No. Not the way it's going. Do you yeah. feel that Trump can be a successful president? Well, I mean, it depends on how you... I don't know, man. I'm not into politics. You tell me. I, mean, uh, I, 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 I truly I, see I, not, the, not the course well, so he's on right talk about the money. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. But, but he has evolved as he's kind of gone along a little bit, and he's come back. He's got his ass kicked. He's not afraid to come back and I say, don't know. okay, I got my ass kicked. Let's go ahead and But I don't know if he's evolved or his speechwriters have. Either way. Or people well, that are keeping him, his him contained. I went there. Who at this because point Because you look at his tweets and they're not. The way that the Congress and the Senate is set up. Who could actually be a successful president at this point in time? I don't Well, I don't it's know. true because Congress, no Congress is... Yeah, I say, yeah, we, we have hit... Uh, no, I think that's his play. That's his ace in the hole. The, yeah. the more I play through it in my head, it's like you lose nothing by swapping an ultra-liberal with an ultra-liberal, right? Yeah. However, the Democrats have everything to lose if Trump goes, all right, here's the deal. You saw what we did for, uh, for, for Gorsuch? I'm going to let you pick her seat, but you got to give me X, Y, and Z in terms of signature legislative. That's the deal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but yeah. uh, it, or now that is making a deal. Or if you want to fight me on that, I'm going to shape the Supreme Court for the next four fucking years. So, <laughs> what do you want so to do? You also have to explain that to your constituents. Imagine explaining that to your constituents. What do you mean? I'm saying that when you're that congressman, he goes back to run. Right. In about a year and a half. Right. Now. Uh, you know every commercial that's going to be on the air. Right. And it's not going to be that, oh, no, we reached a compromise and we didn't need right. it. Right. Uh, it was great. Yeah. You know, most people don't want horse That's the major problem in politics right now. I don't think it's just Trump. Reagan, I, I think it really is. It's all the major of problem in politics. Reagan had this, this issue in 87 with, uh, with that... Uh, Borkman? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? So Borkman was a sacrificial lamb to get the guy he really. Anyway. No, 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 that's a good point. You have to put a, a red herring out there to, to show the political theater, and then you find a moderate in the, you know, who's still really had, a, a screaming liberal. But you also <laughs> still had Tip O'Neill back in 1986. Right. Who cut a deal? I mean, you had both of those guys who were running their respective minority. Demon suitor. One of my one of my one of my mentors uh, told me he, he's passed now. His name is Bob Priest, and I, I'm sure he didn't make this up, but he said that um, he said that uh, we often as overestimate what we can get done in five or ten years, and underestimate what we can do over twenty or thirty or forty years. Right. And so I would think, in terms of the state of America, we're expanding. Right. Technology is 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 growing. Um, we're having new ideas. Uh, a lot of, you know, this is one of the best places in the world. We're still to live. America. We're still America. No, yeah. And so the macro, I mean, the micro is is, is kind of chaotic, but on a macro level, 50,000 foot view, we're still going higher. So that would be my. my so uh, I just read a huge article about how, and I, w- I would have agreed with you up until a couple of years back. That's when China was just stealing everything we did and making it a little bit cheaper and doing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And every indication from China is that they are becoming far more innovative uh, in terms of not just copying what we do and making it again, but I'm actually thinking of the things first and putting them out there. Yeah. Alibaba being a, the dude who started Alibaba being a great example of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that guy's amazing. You know, and that's not just being a follower and, you know, robbing people blind and stealing their patents and ignoring international law. He's actually being super innovative, mm -hmm. you know, sure. and what he's doing. And sure. it's incredible. And that is going to be a major, major problem. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I got right. so, yeah, yeah, to pick up the mob. So, something I, I that I knew you would have on topic today. Yes. Just jumping around to the last one, which is the. Public reaction to AKA resist. Resist. And, and I found this rather fascinating about how many people with Berkeley in particular, I mean, that's the easiest one to throw out there, mm -hmm. with the free speech and Bill Maher coming out and, and calling them a bunch of crybabies. And, 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 and of course, and then you got the other side throwing the same thing. Oh, yeah, because they did, they did you not know, want Ann Coulter to speak on campus. They didn't want Ann Coulter to speak on campus. Yeah, you know, and it goes back to Condoleezza Rice at Rutgers. You know, she'd been a great speaker for him. Where they don't want to hear this other opinion one way or the other. And it's very interesting to me how people on both sides of the fence are coming out and going, whoa, whoa, this is bullshit. Mm. You know, you, you guys are off the chart. You know, this, this goes back to almost... The black shirt guys that come in with their hoods on and everything else, that that goes in, you know, brown shirts for Nazis a little bit to where they, they shut down free speech and they started burning. I know that's this extreme. Everybody ignores Berkeley. But, 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 but this is the problem, though, Chris, is that they are coming in and saying, you can't talk, and that is not America. That is not America. We, we can sit on this panel, the beauty, beauty of this panel, is that we can sit on this panel and we can talk about anything. It's also and this is not happening at universities anymore. It is America to protest enough to say we don't want this person on our campus. And come on, picking Berkeley, that was stupid. And to draw a comparison, in my mind, between the validity of Condoleezza Rice going to give a speech and Ian Coulter going to give a speech. Oh, there's is like, there, there's like there's soupy sales versus Ian right, 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 right. Washington talking but, on the same but subject. That, but me. that doesn't it, matter. Nonsense. Who it, 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 it does somewhat matter who it is, but at the same time, it's still the same principle. I'm not going to let any moron who, and it, she truly is a moron, you know, let's I, be honest about it. I think the, the one thing that they did wrong, though, was they should have let her decide. They said they canceled it for her safety because it was such a protest. But at the same time, shouldn't you be the one to decide if you want to do that? Why? I mean, personally, I mean, just how, just protest. I mean, just... Book, that's book, problem. Book, yeah, book the protest. speech. Book the speech. You think that she should and then if you, if you really agree, disagree on that, I mean, this is just the way I feel about it. Book the speaker, and if you really don't want to hear what the speaker has to say, don't show up. Don't show up. Don't show up or or just the protest the way you're supposed to protest. They did $100,000 worth of damage with my was there. Mm -hmm. $100,000 worth of damage. If you were Berkeley, I'm mm -hmm. going to meet the Come dude on. who thought anybody at Berkeley wants to hear him for <laughs> one second and decided to go ahead and book it. I mean, yeah. you were well, a moron. Yes. I mean, at some point, well, they, had, they, they did have a student group there that booked her, though, Chris. Yeah, about four Republicans. Well, that know, may be, but, but, they, but nonetheless. That's about it. <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> they, yeah, they, 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 they did book her. Yeah, there is kind of a know your audience. They did book her. 
So Booker at UCLA, Booker at USC, you know, I'm great. And I would say Bob. Well, I actually, I, I kind of agree with with Chris to a degree. Is if you know your audience, you you would know that the Berkeley audience does not want to sit through an Ann Coulter speech. I mean, uh, to tell you the truth, uh, I don't look. You voted for Trump. I don't think you want to sit through an Ann Coulter speech. <laughs> it's just you know, like you say, she's she spews about as much hate as I've heard any one person spew and I don't know and so I'm not mad at any organization or any college not wanting her to speak but I do agree that since this is America you book the speaker and if you don't want to hear her speak don't go but that's how she's made her money too and this is the corporate personality nowadays if you can go out and throw firebombs and get get makes X amount of dollars off throwing firebombs that's how she made her money. I'm not that? saying I think that's a good thing, but I think it's a real thing. I think I would rather share a non-alcoholic beverage with Glenn Beck. That would be rough. Woo, that would be rough. I also think there's it a... Does it have to be non-alcoholic? We're an institution of higher learning. And well, it has to be non-alcoholic for him. Yeah, yeah, really. Can, can I have an alcoholic beverage, though? Bring, bring in Nikki Haley. Bring in somebody else. Bring in somebody who's, who has some real credentials. All right, All right Podcast Land, we got to say goodbye to uh, Big Dave. He's got things to do. Go pick up the mom from the airport. God help me if I'm late. So... Uh, with all that, with all that said, and uh, and uh, Big Dave coming in to throw his bombs, uh, let's see if we can't uh, let's see if we can't get this back onto the track of. Okay, so um, I was going to talk a little bit about some of the campaign promises, but I think we know enough about what. The campaign promises were during uh, during Trump's run, but I do want to uh, talk about some of the things that uh, that twenty eight bills that Trump has signed into law. Mm. Um, so S five forty four is a bill to amend uh, veteran the Veterans Access Choice and uh, Accountability Act of twenty fourteen to modify. The termination date of veterans of the Veterans Choice Program, and uh, for other purposes, we had HR 353, uh, Weather Research and Forecasting Innovation Act of 2017. Uh, so yeah, so so I want to I'm, I'm going to read these uh, as quickly as possible, but I do want to talk about them because I think some of the names are a little deceptive <laughs> to what the these bills actually were. Uh, S-442, uh, National Aeronautics and Space uh, Administration Transition Authorization Act of 2017. Uh, H.R. 72, the GAO Access and Oversight Act of 2017. Um, then there was a bunch of stuff repealing Obama-era rules, uh, H.S. Uh, uh, 67, uh, disapproving the rules submitted by the Department of Labor relating to savings arrangements uh, established by uh, qualified state political sub, uh, subdivisions uh, for non-government employees, uh, 
HJ 43, providing the congressional disapproval under uh, Chapter 8 of Title 5, uh, lots of boring language. Uh, HS uh, 69, providing congressional disapproval uh, under Chapter 8. Uh, da, 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 da. The final rule of the Department of the Interior relating to non-substance non uh, take of wildlife uh, in public uh, participation and closure per, uh, procedures of on National Wildlife Refuges in Alaska. Uh, I'm going to stop right there because there's, like I said, there's a list of them. There's 28. What I did seem to find going through them is that either the titles were either a little deceptive, to say the least, uh, what, what they were supposed to do, or um, they don't really do much of anything. I'm like, so, you know, with with all of these you know, bills that he signed into law, what has he actually done? Well, I would make the same argument that everybody names their laws the best name they can come up with. And I'm sure they focus group and think they're good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, this goes way back. Remember when they passed the Jim Brady gun control law? Well, there were already, what, 30-something odd rules on the books that would have prevented the exact same crime, so they did nothing. You know, they made it, tied it into a guy who, you know, suffered a true tragedy, but, you know, they didn't enforce the other, all the other 30-plus laws around the books. You know, I mean, like, it's not that there's not laws for a lot of these things. It's that a lot of them already exist. Do I think he's done a lot? No. I don't know what you think about the redo of the VA stuff. I thought it was semi-interesting, but I think it's minor. I'm and I think the guy you put on board seems to kind of have an idea of what he's doing. But And I'm okay with protecting whistleblowers. I get that. But I also think there's a room for abuse in that, too. So what you're going to see is somebody go, man, my boss is an asshole. I'm whistleblowing big time. You know? right. That's the inevitable flip side of every time you try to do something like this. It'll just... Who knows? These things play out over time. I, yeah, do I think the names are dumb? Of course. I thought every name of it, every law was dumb. You know, <laughs> the New Deal. Really? That was just Teddy Roosevelt. The ten stuff that you stole. Not to take a man. Not to take a man. Are they suggestions? <laughs> that would have been a way better way to do it. Moses' suggestions coming down from the mountain, SR 913. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Oh my God. But, I mean, it just gets a little ridiculous. Yeah, the names are stupid, but they had marketing people to do that stuff. Yeah. But do I think anything has been majorly accomplished? No, it's no. been 100 days. Yeah. And what people don't realize is that your first 100 days, yes, you can set a lot of stuff into action. The effects of it don't come into play for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was looking at the uh, White House's website because I wanted to see what um, the Trump administration thought they did. Right. Um, so first, um, uh, very big and bold. First thing, over five hundred thousand new jobs. Most um, of those are in the resistance. 
Wait, wait, wait. Now, here's, what, here's, here's what's funny, and I think ties directly uh, into what you said uh, with a surge in female employment in the last month. <laughs> Which. So, prostitutes and. Which gets back to the first, uh, the first big protest. The women's march. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was hilarious. That one of the first thing he's, things he touts is that uh, uh, a lot of women got hired, uh, but um, at the same time, the the biggest uh, protest uh, to date was the women's march. The day after he got elected, and and who's to say that that didn't have something to do. With uh, with some of those women getting jobs, <laughs> he needs to avoid women's issues. CNN had a first hundred days. They were talking about um, one of the reporters did it, but they were talking to you know some of the White House staff and some of the Republican people that you know were there. And <laughs> they were all anonymous. <laughs> Always are. But. Uh, they were talking about just how, um, you know, like the Women's March. I find it very hard to believe that he couldn't hear the Women's March, but people, other people in the White House could. And they, they, they made a comment <laughs> about, no, he was there in the White House the day that they marched. Well, a lot of people roundly, routinely uh, dogged on that march just in general because, one, there wasn't a clear-cut agenda, really. And then a lot of the speakers that they picked just said a shit ton of nonsense. I mean, I think a lot of people lost a lot of respect for the Madonnas and Katy Perry's of the world following that. They didn't do themselves any favors. Have an agenda. Like, I like when people well, have an agenda to march for an organization. If you just want to go, they I'm had an woman, agenda. So let's do something. It wasn't we, very spelled out. It wasn't we, very specific. Um, well, that's a whole other. We've had that. It certainly wasn't actionable. I mean, what actionable things did you want to have? I mean, just to go, I'm a woman, so I'm going to march. That's what 99% of those people were doing. I don't like Trump. I'm a woman, and I voted Democrat, so I'm going to go march. Well, Plus, I want to see Katie no, that's not. not. <laughs> that's a whole other conversation that's going to take up a long time, so we'll have that yes. off the podcast. We've talked about it many times on here. So uh, let me keep going down the White House list. Uh, (coughs) He approved the Dakota uh, Access Pipeline and the Keystone Pipeline. But that's been around forever. (laughs) Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You might even give him some credit for that. That's that's a pretty debatable thing. He rolled back job killing anti coal regulations. which is oh, hilarious yeah, as, as if uh, coal miners are going, yeah, I want to get back in that dark tunnel. Hell yeah. That's not happening. I'm sorry. Uh, I think that was a nod to the steel lobby. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mitch McConnell be my friend. Yeah. yeah. Please. Please. <laughs> and I'm going to name your, your wife to my cabinet. <laughs> Another of the uh, executive orders, the Buy American, Hire American executive order. Wow, so uh, and, and then he immediately bought the steel for said pipelines yeah. uh, from someplace other than America. Uh, <laughs> that's, okay, and, and, and his hat I mean that's the bad thing Like you're, you're all about 
America, but then you don't even make sure your own shit is American. Mm. That's such a mistake. To sit in, this whole buy American investment bananas. I, I think as a global economy, why on earth would I want to pay triple for something because we have ridiculous labor laws in this country mm. and re- stupid unions and all these other things? I mean, my God, we really do. I, it's just a joke. Wait, I, do you know how much it would cost if really we just bought only stuff in America? It would it would be so astronomically expensive. It's just, it would be nonsense. I don't more than necessarily that, agree more with than that, that because by buying I mean, from, isn't like the general... Let me finish this one. All right. Also, by buying from other countries, we're supporting the global economy, which is what we need to maintain stability, I get that. somewhat of stability in this world. I mean, do you really? I mean, there are some things that we can't get here that we do have to buy from another country. But I I don't know. Can I jump off the deep end here? I just I don't Uh, think I agree with that. If if you're on the end of the plank and you want to jump, yeah, I need to I need to jump off deep. I'm gonna blow some minds. All right. Uh, Is your money? a monetary unit of value or a monetary unit of debt? I know that everybody in podcast land would like to believe of value. No. Your, your money is a promissory note from the central bank. It's debt. You don't have money. You have debt. That, that's exactly what it is. I, just, but where I'm going with this is uh, international trade. Is that valued in U.S. dollars? No. Mm. It, well... Oil well, yeah, one thing that matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The forex market, right? The, the commodities market. Right. I don't care about forex, right? What I'm getting at is, so every other every other currency trades relative to ours, right? And the primary commodities of the of the economy are denominated in U.S. dollars, right? Okay. So what I'm getting at is this whole buy American, hire American. It honestly, it's like the worst thing in the world. I, I actually really, really like the idea of, of paying for foreign shit. I like our imbalance of, of, of trade, right? our budget, our trade deficits. The reason why is the more money money that we owe foreign nations, the less likely they are to go to war with us, right? And the more likely they are to do whatever we say because they want to get paid. That was exactly my point. You have to maintain global stability by buying foreign products. You have to at this point. I mean, do you know how many countries we would put under if we stopped buying their assets? Oh, absolutely. It would be ridiculous. No, no, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, even Trump, you know, has said that he had no idea how hard his job was. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and. Yeah, and I really I think believe that's the first honest thing he said. Yeah, and I really, I really, not only do I believe that he had no idea how hard his job was, but I do believe that um, it, it's only going to get harder because you've only been there a hundred days, and, uh, and and we've joked about this, but I really do believe it's true. Um, I think. He wanted the job because, the, the, for the same reason you want a promotion, it looks really good on your resume, sure. and you get paid a little more because you've got this, you've got a new position on your resume. But I have no faith that he actually wanted the job, right. nor wanted to do the job because 
I think anybody who actually wants the job would have known that anytime you get a man in office, even one as young as uh, President Obama, and you go from a, uh, a head of uh, black hair with a few grays to a complete head of white hair in eight years. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com, a cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us, purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. Can't possibly think this isn't the most stress, stressful job on the planet of Earth. So, so think about what most presidents do when they retire or when they when their term or terms end. What is he going to do? Is he going to go back to trying to run a business? And I mean, he's not going to retire to the countryside and do a nonprofit and build a library. I mean, I well, don't. He'll build a library. He's not going to. Somebody will do it for him. Well, every president has somebody doing it for him. Yes, but I don't picture him even caring. I don't know. I, I, I think he's just old enough to think that what he's done has been accomplishments and he wants to record it. And he, I think he does care. What do you think? What I do think is he only cares about what he cares about, yeah. which is a little bit different. But how think, do you picture you him seen, retiring from office, you know? Well, it depends on how old he is. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Uh, I, picture, I, mean, I picture Trump trying to retire and, go, and like, go painting or something. <laughs> it's just, just not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe, honestly, for all the crap that George Bush got when he was in office, the junior. Yeah. Uh, maybe he did it the right way. I mean, maybe he did it in the classiest, coolest way that you can do it. He shut his mouth. You should have an apprentice for the uh, the Republican candidate that runs after him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's how you make it. That's, that's right. golden, man. Yeah, just, yeah right. That's, that's how you figure out who the Republican nominee is going to be. Just Sadly, the apprentice. Sadly, you can't even keep that going. I mean, oh, it's all, so it was all Arnold Schwarzenegger's fault. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let, uh, let, let uh, Donald Trump tell it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, so um, we've kind of touched on just about everything that I had down that I wanted to touch on. Uh, we didn't... Uh, I have one last question. Yeah. I think it's yeah. interesting. And it's just, this could just be a yes or no. Yeah. And it's, do you think he even finishes his first term? Oh, he does. I think he will. I think he does not. You don't think so? I do not. You think he has like a medical? I think um, Russia will be his downfall. Medical anything issue. Will be. I think his Russian problems are going to come back on him big time. You think he'll get impeached for real? Yes, I do. Yeah. I think they're trying I to very hard. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, well, and he's starting to. The, they're asking for information, and he's starting to refuse to give it to him. I mean, and I don't care who you are. That's against the law. Well, no, it's not actually. It's Nixon. You can you can try to defend certain things, and you have a right to a lawyer and say no. I don't have to turn all these things over to you. That is one of the things that you do as president. Say no. Not everything falls under the freedom of me. 
Information Act. That's, that's incorrect. But, but it was information before he became president. Doesn't matter. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see what they give up and don't give up. I I think he just has a major problem there. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that Russia is going to be his. He's been able to kind of skirt everything else, but Russia just keeps coming back around. I think around. he could stymie that and achieve the, 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 the holy grail of, of growth in, by tying a living wage, which is the holy grail of, of democratic politics, mm -hmm. to tax reform. To, and, under, and, call it under the, and sell it under the guise of being revenue neutral. Right, because yeah, we're lowering taxes, but by raising the minimum wage, right, there's a larger tax base to be taxed. Right, he would have one that would win over the public because the public, the, the 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 minimum wage public, the or I'm sorry, the, the the Democratic core would be cheering, shit, I'm making more money, and the Republican core would be cheering, fuck, I'm not paying as much taxes, and then Congress would be in a pinch, like we can't impeach this guy, we'll get our heads handed to us. I think if you looked at all the accomplishments and people ignore the accomplishments that Nixon did right. when he was in office, because he actually had quite a few right. uh, that were really, really, really good policies, sure. uh, still got impeached. Well, he was and a dickhead. I mean, that, that's what it came down to. He was an asshole, and he got punished. Yeah, right? I, I, I feel Trump is going to come out that Trump's just about the same dude. Or, I'm sorry, what was that uh, movie, the, the uh, politics terrorism movie with the puppets, Team America. Team America. Yeah. <laughs> assholes get fucked because if the assholes don't get fucked, they shit over everything. Right? <laughs> Still a great one. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my favorite writers in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. True. All right. So, <laughs> before we move on, is there... Before we move on, is there anything else that anybody wants to add about uh, the first 100 days? Or, uh, I kind of agree. I don't know if he's going to make it through uh, all four years. I really kind of give him two, to tell you the truth. Because, um, one, I think the rush thing is not dying, and I think... Uh, I think he thought he was going to be able to, to skirt it the way he skirted everything else, but the Russian thing is not dying. And then two, um, um, I don't know if he's ever actually looked at the Constitution, and I think there's enough things that he's doing or attempting to do that uh, that aren't constitutional that will give uh, anybody who wants to impeach him the ammunition to do so uh, now. I do agree that if he's smarter than he looks, uh, he will do exactly what Lane said, and uh, he will raise minimum wage as he's doing this uh, time together. This, this, yeah. this adjustment to the to, to taxes, and that will buy him um, his full term. Right. Um, but the but my next question, or I should say my last question is do we think if he does all this right is this it is it is this the term the four the four years of Trump or even with depends, it I think it depends on if we have another war because you know they almost never change presidents during the wartime if he makes it past year two uh, I see him getting us into a war 
almost purely to stay president because yeah, nobody gets voted well, I out think during the time. He's going. He's gonna piss off somebody. North Korea. And <laughs> I think you need the same <laughs> argument about fun in Yugoslavia in '98, which just happened to coincide with the Monica Lewinsky debacle. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was a very lovely diversion that got thrown out there. As yeah, well, I think Trotsky and Usher in an era of actual old school deal making compromise because we're at the point now where it can't get any more polarized. Right. And yeah. If we don't start making shit happen, like we run the risk of being ruined. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know weird, what? it's weird to do that when you're telling everybody that you're drawing a hard line in the sand. Right. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't do both at the same time. I don't know, he can't. No. He he's gonna be the Nixon of our era. Just watch. Yeah. So uh, so actually, so actually, I lied. I do have one more question. Sure. Um, so, watching uh, watching all of the political commentary from both sides of the fence, to tell you the truth, um, one question keeps, uh, or one comment keeps coming up, and I was curious what the panel thought about it, and that is the even though it feels like the worst thing in the moment, uh, could Trump possibly be the best thing that has happened to American politics in in a while? Because we've actually woken up the American electorate from its uh, from its uh, from its slumber. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the next election will. Not hit, not presidential election. Yeah, the next congressional yeah, election. Yeah, I think that'll really answer that question. Because we, we may be awoke now, but who's to say we're going to be, you know, yeah. next year? But don't you feel like in a weird way, I, and I would say no for this reason, if you uh, awaken too many people, because it's not like there's an agreed-upon ideology that just sits out there in the world and he's ignoring it. <laughs> True. Right. I mean, he's awoken every side <coughs> in the world. Yes. So yes. now it's going to be interesting to go, okay, I think the polarization gets worse, which, again, I don't particularly mind. I'd rather they do nothing, uh, as you guys know. But having said that, if you awaken every single interest group in the entire world and it's the way the, the, way the media does make it sound, and this is... Maybe I can't believe I'm saying I agree with Big Dave on this just a little bit. But, uh, oh, he's going to hear this. I know. Uh, Dave. He is right. Every if, if you just watch TV, you would think that every single person in the world hates Trump and they all want him gone. And that is not really the way that is going down in the real world. This is true. Uh, and so that's what's slightly alarming to me. You are having polarized lines drawn even within the Republican Party. You certainly are going to have them on the Democratic side. Uh, they're already there, and they have been there for years. So mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting to see what happens. I don't I don't think 80% or 90% of the world's against him, and only my old parents are the ones who still like Trump and are hanging on by a thread. Uh, I, I, think there's, I don't agree with that I either. I think there's a hell of a lot of people that are... That are still out there who are like who are supporting this, who are rallying behind it. I think Trump should start publicly crushing the balls of the Freedom Caucus and George Soros. <laughs> and watch, watch, and, and attack them from both sides and force them. See what happens. You might legitimately see that the one thing that you may legitimately see come out of this is a true third party. 
Which, to tell you the truth, you know, if, I have, if, if I have any hope, if I have any, <laughs> yeah, if I have any hope, uh, that is my hope, that we get a true and viable third party born from this chaos. Because um, we, are, we are polarized, but I do think there's a section in the middle that you may you may lean Republican or you may lean Democratic, but really, I think there's a section in the middle of people that really are looking for the same things. And uh, but they aren't represented, and I think that's really where the anger comes from. You know, and I would argue that there's a lot of people who don't feel represented by either party, but they yeah. don't agree with each other either. Yeah, and true. so uniting those. Yeah. disenfranchised people to get behind one platform, one platform yeah. that's going to be tough because the reasons they don't agree with each other are diametrically opposite in a lot of ways Fair you true. know and that's where I think it's going to be hard to actually this has always been the hard part about a third party yeah there's a lot of people who hate both Republicans and Democrats but they don't agree with each other either yeah. you know and so to get them to vote as a voting block it's almost yeah. impossible yeah but I say yeah you almost you almost need Two new parties to pop up, which in which case I don't know that that <laughs> in which case that just muddies the water even further. Yeah. But before uh, before I do what I do on every podcast, uh, uh, since Cam does not normally come and sit with us, um, and I know you're you kind of purposefully don't follow politics, but you do follow the money. You have anything else to say about? What what the possibilities of the money happening in the next few years? Um, I think that uh, my opinion is is that this current presidency has put people in a position to realize that it's on them. You know, you're going to always have different political views and things like that, but at the end of the day, uh, your 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 dreams and, and your goals are not don't have anything to do with politics. So I think that that's probably the biggest lesson that I've seen just from a little bit that I've, that I've looked at. Um, in terms of money, I think that if you have a you know 30-year time horizon, that this is one of the best times ever to be looking at finding things to buy when the markets come down, to invest in quality companies that you think it's going to be in the future. Things are changing, technology's taking over, uh, the internet, the way we communicate. Um, there's a lot of things there that can be uh, bought for very cheap when things revert back. And so I don't think that it's on any president or any political engine to, to, to promote prosperity for a person at the micro level. I think at the at the micro level it's on you, and at the macro it makes itself up. We're global, man. It doesn't matter if we're in America or in China or wherever the thing is. We're all connected, and it's on your individual choices as to how you're going to be able to build wealth into the future. Okay, I think we, I think that is as good a place to leave it as any. And with that, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> from the heart. That was from the heart. Yeah. American city. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. No, what's what you said? You should be mayor of Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a capitalist. So is Sly. All right, so with that, I'm going to end this podcast in a way I end all podcasts, and that is with the toast that started it all for me, and that is to good times with good people. All right. Cheers.